The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. This week's edition of Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, is brought to you by the updated HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com. Also brought to you by Hameen Media. Two feeds now for your listening pleasure, hackerhameen.podbean.com and hameenmediagroup.podbean.com. We're also available over at the PW Hustle, pwhustlenetworks.podbean.com and syndicated by our friends over at ndpw.com. You can find Destino wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, be it Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, Apple, Google, or iHeartRadio. On today's episode, I'm joined by Mr. John Enright, all the way from the Academy, a Star Trek podcast over at the Hameen Media Group, to talk about the best of the Super Juniors as well as World Tag League. In covering both tournaments, we're going to skip the stardom update this week, but we will have a full report on the big show coming up on the 15th, featuring a Queen's Quest battle for the Red Belt, as new World of Stardom champion Utami makes her first defense against stable leader Momo Watanabe, and a double title match as new SWA champion Siri takes on her stable leader and Wonder of Stardom champion Julia in a Donna Del Mundo clash. Lots to talk about with John as we go through all the teams in Tag League as well as all the individuals in Best of Super Juniors. So let's go ahead and jump into it. But first, my friends from Down Under, this is Knife Party. You blocked me on Facebook and now you're going to die. All right, guys, before we get to World Tag League and Best of Super Juniors, there's some breaking news that I wanted to get to. Uh, We had this entire episode recorded before Kenny Omega's interview on Impact Wrestling last night, and he said something that seemed incredibly interesting to me. Now, granted, we're a New Japan podcast here at Destino, and I avoid talking about AEW as much as humanly possible, but this one, I, I just couldn't let go. If you missed Impact Wrestling last night, here is a clip from the interview. The entire segment's 12 minutes long, but I, I found this particular part to be somewhat of interest. I'm a little pissed off right now at you, Josh, okay? Oh, sorry, I meant the other clip. But why Impact Wrestling? Hey, I'm going to teach you something about myself. Please. As a child, I fancied myself as a little bit of a hobbyist. I was a collector. Really? Did you know that I collected comic books, Don? I love comic books. Yeah. Well, I had to quit. You know why? Because no matter how much money I spent, no matter how many rare comic books I collected, I could never get the most rarest, the most valuable prizes amongst all the collectors in the comic book industry. Now I found a new hobby, and I have the most valuable prize of them all. The Action Comics number one. That's Superman's debut, by the way. I know. <laughs> and hell. I don't mind if I had an X-Men number one in my collection. Triple A title. I don't mind if I had a Spider-Man number one in my collection. That'd be pretty cool. Who knows? Maybe that's the Impact champion. You guys have got a great champion, right? Fantastic. The thing is, I love traveling. I love the lifestyle that pro wrestling affords me. And as long as I have this, I don't mind having a little bit of fun in my spare time. We got titles here. Why not add a little bit to my collection? Who knows? 
Now, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, if you've been listening to me for a long time, I'm a bit of a collector myself. The problem with collecting is if you have one in a set, you have to have them all. Hell, I even have a Shane McMahon WWE Elite Series 61 figure just to round out the set. I hate Shane McMahon. Of course, we've all heard the stories about the Forbidden Door, and perhaps it's finally been opened. Let me explain. So, we've all seen and heard all the references on AEW that they've been making to New Japan Pro Wrestling. And there's a lot of talk in the New Japan circles about them potentially being open to a partnership with AEW now that President Harold is no longer with the company. But most importantly, I've had this theory for a couple of years now. Yes, my theory is much more important than President Harold, at least in my mind. So I've been saying for a couple of years now that the Golden Lovers story has yet to come to its conclusion. Kenny and Coda running on parallel paths. When Kenny is up, Coda is down. When Coda is up, Kenny is down. Opposite, but parallel paths. Maybe with just a mention in passing. Now, as Kenny has won the AEW championship, the highest of his accomplishments, we have a devastated Kota Ibushi, who has just lost the briefcase and the right to challenge Tetsuya Naito at Wrestle Kingdom due to that dirty knife pervert, Switchblade Jay White. A victim of Naito's own charity, as Naito has granted him a shot at the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, night one of Wrestle Kingdom, the winner going on to night two to face the Jack Sparrow parody, Kota Ibushi finds himself once again on the rise. Same two men who caused Kota Ibushi to go 0-2 in the Tokyo Dome last year. But this year, things could be looking up for the Golden Star, as he can finally claim the grandest prize in the game, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Kenny can go all over the world. He can win every title while Kota is holding off and fending off challengers. But eventually, if Kenny wants to complete the set... He's going to have to come face-to-face with the one guy in the world that he refuses to acknowledge even exists anymore, and the Golden Lovers come back together. Where does the story go from there? Lovers reunited? Lovers scorned? I guess we'll have to see. So, that concludes the breaking news update. This is Widow7 with their new song, Crooked Frames. We'll be right back on the other side to talk with Mr. John Enright about World Tag League and the best of the Super Juniors. And we are here to talk. We're, we're going to break this into two segments. We're going to do World Tag League first, and then we'll talk best of Super Juniors. We were talking a little bit off air before we started recording. John, I, I, I think you're with me. I absolutely have enjoyed best of Super Juniors more than I have World Tag League. No disrespect to World Tag League, but best of Super Juniors this year has been fantastic. 
It, I, I agree. You know, I, I can't I, like uh, I think we were talking. It, there's more depth. I think um, I think World Tag League did show that there were some good tag teams in there for a tag division. Now, I think that a lot of the tag division was struggling and we really kind of solved some of it with this. But at the same time, there was more compelling matches in Best of Super Juniors, way more than World Tag League. World Tag League was good. I'm not saying it was, you know, the shits or anything along those lines. It was good. I just, I felt Best of the Super Juniors was really just way better. The characters, the people involved, the matches, everybody had their working boots on. There was not a match you took the night off on. I mean, really, it was, you know, Ishimori looked great as the champ. I mean, he looked like a champ. He, you know, worked like a champ. And then, you know, dude, Despy just being just Despy showing out, like saying, all right, my guy is hurt, but hey, let me show you what I can do. And Hiromu just just showing everybody, hey, I'm going to make you come to my level. He made everybody look so good. I just, you know, God, I mean, the matches, you know, watching a show match. Yeah, which was different than watching a Hiromu match, which was di- like that was the thing is you had so many different styles involved with the best of the Super Juniors. Most people think best of Super Juniors is flippy shit, running around, doing all that kind of stuff, and that wasn't the case with this tournament at all. You know, you had different styles. You know, Robbie Eagles was doing his flippy shit, Show was doing the strongman stuff, and you know you had everything in between. It was just so good. You know, whereas you just had your with you know World Tag League. You had your teams. You knew what they were going to do. There was not a lot of variance in them. Um, you know, you had your heels and your baby faces, cheaters, and you're going to work hard and you know have the fighting spirit, all that fun stuff. And it was similar stories. And so, I don't know. I just I I loved Best of Super Juniors this year. I thought it was good, especially in the fact of a COVID shortened year, and you're doing it back to back with World Tag League. It, I think Best of Super just it just shone like a bright light compared to the other one. I don't know about you, man. I'm tired. I yeah. am tired. I mean, we've had, I, I think this makes 11 tournaments for New Japan since the restart. And I am tired, man. Like, oh, it, yeah. there, there's been so much tournament wrestling. And like you were saying, just with running two tournaments simultaneously, it's like, you know, four days a week, you're getting these ridiculously shows. And it's just. I, I was yeah. happy that they went every other night because that first night when they ran all of the World Tag League matches uh, and all the best of Super Juniors, I was like, oh, my God, I'm not going to make it through this tour, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I was. Yeah, same way. And, I, and don't forget, we still have the Super J Cup to do, you know, here in America. That At that least that's coming, all one so. night, though. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It's all one night, but still. And it's El Phantasmo. I mean. Yeah. Let's that's be honest. Like he, he's yeah. the only guy that's going to win that tournament. Yeah, that's the only one they've got. So, but yeah, no, it was oh, such a. I mean, but the the good part was it didn't feel like a slog in the normal sense. You know, I mean, it was it was it was exhausting. It was tiring, but like it was almost like it was intentional. You had the best of the super juniors, but got you up, and then World Tag League. Not that it brought you down, but it kind of maintained. Yeah. And then best of super juniors, man, they were up on it again. And then you kind of had that respite with world tag league where you knew what you're getting. It was good wrestling safe, you know, you were doing your thing. So, um, that, I think that was the advantage for it. Um, and of course, yeah, none them not doing it back to back. Like they did that first night. That was just, whew, you yeah, know, that first night was brutal. That show, yeah. it just felt like it just kept going and going. And it was like, Oh my God, I, I, yeah. I can't do this. Can't do yeah. this. 
Yeah, and then hey, Kojima just working every night, man. Oh <laughs> man, the, yeah. Like, Shout out to the dads opening up every yeah, show. Every show. I mean, I mean, and I mean that was the thing is they, they it was every night he, the dads are coming out and here they go and it's just like all right, cool. This is how we're starting and they did it every stinking night. That's okay. I tip my hat to them. I, I might not like the matches or might not watch them, but hey, you showed up every night. You worked. You did your job. You got everybody going. You warmed up the crowds. Hey, my hat's off to you to do that for every night. Proper use of legends, you know, rather yeah. than, you know, putting them with your champions or having them, you know, go over in the main event, you know? True. True. I agree with you 100%. Let's, yeah. uh, let's kind of run through World Tag League. Well, what we'll do is okay. we'll just hit on kind of every team and maybe a couple of highlights, who their wins were against, and kind of where in the hell they're going because some of these guys – we're we're a month away from Wrestle Kingdom, and I have no idea where they're going to fall on the card. Exactly. Starting off with the first team, Hanare, Hanare making his long-awaited return. Well, at least it was long-awaited for Hanare. But teaming <laughs> up with the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, their only win against the Evil Pimps. And for the first time, I think, in my entire time of watching New Japan Pro Wrestling, I have no idea what Hiroshi Tanahashi is going to do at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, I don't either. I, and I mean, we've seen this for the last couple of years where Tanahashi's going to partner with a younger guy. And I don't know if he's doing it to elevate the guy or what he's trying to do or show how great he is. But let's be honest, you know, this year, of all the years that he's done this, it was, you know, not to say that Hanari's not a good wrestler. I mean, he's solid. But, you know, it was just a very interesting pairing. For the two, you have someone so young, so inexperienced with Hanari teaming with Tanahashi. Um, the good part is, I bet you he learned a whole lot. You know, that dude probably gained so much experience from working with Tanahashi. But, you know, once again, those were matches where when they came on, I knew what was going to happen. I kind of, I kind of turned it off, or I would, you know, just go, okay, who's, you know, just let me read about the the win on this one. Let me go ahead and skip to the next one because it was not compelling. You know, it was, you know, I, I don't know. They, to me, it was an interesting team and interesting pairing, but not one enough to make me want to keep watching. You know, the, the thing with Tanahashi to me that is so weird right now, you can look at Tanahashi and see he is in the best shape that we have seen Tanahashi in in years. And how many times have we said that, though? How many times have we said that? It, and it's true. Every time we say it, he just he keeps looking better and better. Like, I don't know what it is, if it's his diet, if it's the training regimen. I don't know. But at least cosmetically, he looks freaking great. And then the matches start, and it's all, every match is just based around how beat up and out of shape Tanahashi is. And it's yeah. just like, I feel this weird disconnect with the ace right now. Yeah, me too. It's just... It's it's it something doesn't match up. It's the idea of he looks great, but when you wrestle, it's like oh he he starts to look like he starts to look like me in the gym sometimes when I'm wake up and I go to the gym and I'm sore and I'm hurting and I'm you know kind of getting up in the morning and everything's popping and clicking. You know I, I feel like that's what it looks like when I wrestle and, I, and that's not what I'm wanting from my Tanahashi. That's not what I'm wanting to see. I want to see the ace. I want to see. The guy who seemed invincible, who you know put on sixty-minute matches, who did all these incredible things—that's the guy I want to see. I don't want to see 
this guy going out, you know, and looking old. But is that the story they're trying to tell, though, too? So he's hanging on, to, like, kind of like these athletes that hang on a little bit too long and they don't retire when they should have at the top. Um, is maybe that's a story they're trying to tell. I, I don't know. Um, but what do you do with that? How, what's the payoff, I guess, is my question. Well, um, I mean, I, I feel like that's the same story they told us. Let's see. That'd be, what, three years ago now when he won the G1. Like, mm-hmm. that was the last, like, great Tanahashi run. Yeah. And now I feel yeah. like we're right back there, except he looks so much better now. He's moving around so much better now. Like, I don't think the, that the time off benefited anybody more than Hiroshi Tanahashi, but it's like, you know, who Gato and Jado didn't get the memo, you know? Right. It, it's crazy. Looking at this tournament, the longest match that he had was against the Dangerous Techers, 19 minutes and 37 seconds, with Tai Chi and Sabre getting the win. But you look at the shortest matches, I mean, they lost to Khan and Cobb in 2 minutes and 28 seconds. And the final night against God, Tomatonga taps out the ace, which all of a sudden seems like it's becoming a regular occurrence. And the mm-hmm. match only goes three minutes and 55 seconds. I mean, it used to be that if you could tap out Tanahashi, I was impressed. I was like, holy yeah. shit, that's a big win. Now it's like everybody's just tapping him out. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's like he's gotten hit with the kryptonite, you know, really. And it, it's it's something that's become a common thing. And I and I don't know if that takes the mystique away from him. I get maybe that's what it is, like – you know, seeing him tap more often lately is kind of the mystique that's kind of wearing away at him. I don't know. But like I said, it's it's just one of those things where I kind of didn't want to watch because of of how he was not basically the way he was treated. You know, you know oh, you're going to lose here. You're going to be beaten here. You know, uh, a Tanahashi match going the longest being 19 minutes in this tournament. I, that to me is incredibly surprising. And, you know, tapping in three minutes that's like you know i mean unheard that's, of. that's yeah that's unheard of i mean it's ballsy i mean don't get me wrong for gator to book that you know it's pretty ballsy to do that but i think it goes back to the idea of maybe they're trying to tell a story that he should have given up a while back and but i don't understand what the payoff is going to be on that and i'll be interested to see what that is if that's the story they're trying to tell moving on the next place this one's weird to me, too. The Evil Pimps, the team of <laughs> Evil and Yujiro Takahashi, six points. Six points for a former IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, like, in the last couple of months? Like, I, I kind of felt like this was a burial of evil throughout this tournament. Like, not necessarily that, you know, evil is just absolute shit at this point, but, like, I feel like the evil experiment is over. It was like when WWE pushed Jinder Mahal to the championship, and then when he lost the championship, he went back to being Jinder Mahal. That's where we are with evil right now. Yeah, and, I mean, the surprising thing is pairing him with Yudro, you know, but in the sense of Yudro is a great worker – but you know he's going to be a pin eater, and and that's that's kind of the thing I found it very interesting in that aspect of. I thought maybe when they were talking about World Tag League coming back, that maybe they would put him with Folly to make some kind of team like that to protect yeah. him, to you know help him to continue to go forward. I understand why they did with Utro because they both like to hit people in the nuts, and I mean they, you know, I, I guess the unofficial nickname of that team was the Nutcrackers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but evil just, pimps is a little bit better. 
Evil Pips is a little bit better, but I'm trying to go with the festive theme, you know, Nutcrackers <laughs> here a little bit. It is going for Christmas time, even though I hate Christmas music. Um, but the idea that you have somebody like Yujo, who's a great worker, they wanted to, it felt like they, they didn't want them to kind of really excel because they weren't going to be a team, but they wanted to do enough to make it compelling. And that's where, you know, it was. I think it was what it was really more than anything else because they had these other teams they were focusing on. They needed to fill it out. We need some bullet club representation. Let's put Evil and let's put Yudro together. They both have, you know, like to hit people in the nuts. They both like to cheat. And they're both, you know, kind of out there. So let's just put them out there and let them kind of work how they're going to work but we're not really focused on their story. You know, they were just really there collecting a paycheck to make, move the night along and fill a gap. They were really the disappointment of the tournament for me. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, much. I would agree. Although they did have wins against Finn Juice, Tomohiro Ishii and Toro Yano and Sonata and Shingo, which that's got to be like, you know, looking back on it, that's the one that Sonata and Shingo have got to be like, Damn, we should have won that match. Yeah, exactly. That's the one I was kind of surprised that they lost at with the Sonata and Shingo match. I, I really was kind of like, okay, all right. But then, you know, then again, with six points, does it really matter? You know, right. I mean, it only matters for Sonata and Shingo for upper levels. You right. know, really, that's kind of more of what it was, you know, that spoiler kind of type thing more than anything else. So, Oh, I see what you did there, tying in Dick Togo. Nice job. Yeah. Nice job. Well done. Yeah, that was yeah. totally on accident, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. We'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah. Also representing Bullet Club, Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens, both making their long-awaited returns to Japan. Six points. Wins against Finn Juice, the Evil Pimps, and Hanar Ace. And, you know, I while... You see Bad Luck Fale in World Tag League, along with Chase Owens, you kind of know what you're going to get. Yeah. But that said, the match with Fale and Chase versus the Evil Pimps, one of my favorite matches of the tournament. I just love the way that thing played out. And especially, like, Yujiro just keeps cheating, and Chase is like, hey, we're on the same team. What are you doing? It was great. I love that match. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, he gets the mic. Hey, Chase, pizza's coming. She's coming right now. And, like, and Chase's like, what? Yeah. And then he rolls them up. He's like, what are you doing? Okay, my bad, my bad. I'll lay down for you. Hey, so is she coming? No, she's not coming. And, like, that's (laughs) – even though he tried to cheat, Chase's focus is, hey, no, for real, is Peter coming or not? You know? You know, it was so hilarious. And then he's like, all right, I'll lay down for you. And then he goes – tries to pin him again, and he's just like, no, wait, what are you doing? Oh, it was so great, you know. And I just – it cracked me up. But, you know, really – but the one thing I do have to say, Fale looks impressive with the amount of weight he's dropped. It's it's incredible. It's incredible. Just, you know, he looked like a different wrestler, really, when he was in there because he still was big and imposing, but he was, he looked like back when he first started, you know, younger, stronger. He looked like an intimidating presence without the extra weight, and he seemed to move better, you know, really. If I say anything else other than that, that I think that's what I would say about him is, you know, I was really impressed with Fale and, and with the weight loss and how he moved and everything else. And then, of course, Chase is Chase, you know what I mean? I, I don't know what else you could say about that, you know. And, um, you know, in a way, I, I kind of felt bad for Fale because – I wanted him to kind of team with Evil to maybe they could make a better run because he's put in the work. He looked great. Evil, you know, is a champion. So let's kind of put them together and let them run and put Chase and Yujiro together and like they they have done before. But um, 
I felt Folly deserved a little better, but I was fine with it because, you know, Folly's never really done anything in these tournaments. He's always been kind of the big man, and he's always just kind of been lower middle of the road to kind of fill out a spot. My so. favorite my favorite Fale tournament was the G1 a couple of years ago where he got disqualified or counted out in every match. <laughs> oh yeah, that was great. That was fantastic. Like that that entire story was that that might be my favorite bad luck Fale arc, which is ridiculous. And you know, oh, for yeah. for any of the our listeners who are fairly new to New Japan Pro Wrestling, if you haven't went back and watched the original formation of the Bullet Club and what a badass bad luck Fale was at that time, you are missing out. Yes, for sure. I mean, the fact that Devitt would just just sit on his shoulders and he would walk to the ring with them, get on the ring. I mean, it was just. I mean, he was such a badass. I mean, you did not, you did not mess with Folly at all, and he was the underboss for a reason, you know. And and that, I mean, that was it. You know, he towered over everybody. He was just intimidating. And I felt like this was kind of a return to that a little bit with the look and everything. Like I said, I just I just wish they had maybe partnered him a little bit better to kind of showcase him. But, you know, I get it. He's just coming back. He's been in, you know, stuck in New Zealand for, you know, this whole quarantine. And you get you get in Chase coming back from America. Let's put the quarantine boys together. And I think, too, it's it goes back to maybe – we're just planting a little bit of the seeds of the Japan Bullet Club versus, you know, the Gaijin Bullet Club a little bit more. Um, just slowly kind of throwing that out there a little bit. Yeah, I kind of thought that we might see Switchblade Jay White at some point during this tour. Mm. Not the case. Of course, you know, the final night is still coming up. But sure. I am still expecting Jay White was so insistent that he is not working on January 4th. He is only working on January 5th. And I'm going, oh, you're working on January 4th. And that match <laughs> is going to be against Evil. Like, th- yeah. that match is going to happen January 4th. It's just, when is the setup going to happen? True, true. And, I mean, I could see it, you know, with this upcoming finals coming up, that it could be something along those lines. Um, I mean, I could even see him maybe pushing it a little bit closer to Wrestle Kingdom, too. Yeah. You know. Road to you know, Tokyo Dome. Um, you bet. Yeah. You know, so, uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, so far, though, I... For the year with COVID and everything, I can't complain with Gato's booking. I mean, he's done some incredible stuff, you know, with the the handcuffs that he's been put on him. And he's been like, all right, I'll make it work. And he's done it. I have no problems with what he's going to do and the plans he's got. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he's got. Let's talk about the Empire. The great Okan and Jeff Cobb announced as his partner. Ten points in the tournament. Wins against Finn Juice, the Evil Pimps, Shingo and Sonata, Fale and Chase, as well as Hanares. But the bigger story coming out of it, for me anyway, Shingo Takagi versus Jeff Cobb at Wrestle Kingdom for the Never Openweight Championship. Yes, please. Go ahead and sign me right the fuck up for that. The bad motherfucker title will be on the line. Mr. Enright, who you got? I got to go Cobb. I've loved Cobb from the beginning. Uh, Cobb's always been a real you know, fan favorite for me. I love the way he wrestles. He brings some uh, genuineness to the to it because, you know, he was an Olympic wrestler. Um, and you just see that like he could he could really toss a motherfucker around if he wanted to. You know, that's the thing about that dude is, you know, really in all actuality, he could. If he wanted to, if he turned it on, he could toss a motherfucker around. And so um, I did like him joining the empire. I did like, um, them forming the team, uh, con on the cob. I think those are great. 
Um, you know, seeing two big guys like that really work, I think, was a good dynamic um, to see those guys work together. Um, was a lot of fun, actually, I think. I think it gave you something different because how often in New Japan do we see big guys like that work right. and, and, you know, on a team like that? So they were great. I just, man, Shingo and Cobb, I, I, Shingo's good. I really, I've enjoyed Shingo. At first, I was a little like, I didn't know him because I wasn't following. I only follow New Japan. I don't follow All Japan or any of the other places, Noah, anything like that. And so when he first came in, I'm like, who is this dude? What's his deal? And, you know, saw him in the G1, and I was fairly impressed here in Dallas. I was like, okay. That's, I mean, it was in the three-man, you know, with Liger and stuff like that. So, But I was like, okay, he's got something. And the more I've watched, the more I've been impressed. But, man, if, if now's not the time to give Cobb the never open weight title and let him run with that, man, I don't know what you're doing. Because other than the fact that, yeah, he's, he's in America and he would have to be here some of the time and some there over there. So... If you're going to be running a lot of shows, you want your net. But they don't ever really feature the never. So if it's off for a couple of weeks, you know, I think I'm okay with that. So I, I'm down for Cobb, but I don't see how they're going to do it, especially if they're going to be trying to run shows over there. Um, I think they're going to keep it on Jingo, but I really want it on Cobb. So we get also got to see a bit of a repackaged Great O'Con. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I came on here and I was bitching about Great O'Con and his in-ring gear, and I was like, "We got to change that. That ain't working." Well, now they got him like a bitching robe, and he comes out in just like black trunks with a little bit of design on it, and they changed up the question mark a little bit to, okay. to you know, kind of drop down the zombie level a little bit. He's moving a bit better. I, I, I dig it. I, I actually like the repackage of Great Ocon at this point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Looking more like Genghis Khan than, you know, fucking zombie, you know. And uh, I, I liked it because, you know, especially when you got someone athletic, as athletic as Cobb, he's got to match that, you know, really. Even yeah. though they're both big guys, they, they, they've got to match that. Because Cobb, if he continues to do that, Cobb's going to make him look stupid. And really, um, because of what Cobb can do. Um, the movements, the flips, I mean, the standing flip that he can do, the the strength that he's got. Uh, Khan's got to match that. And he's got to, he's got not, not necessarily match it, but he's got to look like he can keep up, you know. And, and, and I think some of that goofiness is, is too goofy for New Japan. New Japan, I don't, they've never been a gimmicky type thing with, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, they've gotten the gimmicky stuff off of Evil. Evil was the most gimmicky thing they had. Yeah. And that's part of, part of the reason why I hated it. But, you know, they've gotten that off of him. They've gotten the zombie off of him. It's, to me, if they continue with this look, I'm good with it. And I think if he continues to move like he did in this tournament, I'll be interested to see what they, you know, watching him going forward and how he continues to improve. I felt like he improved a lot in this tournament as from the beginning to the end. Same same with Wado, but Wado was worse off. But, you know, Khan came in really good and strong, and I, th I feel like he got better. And I'm imagining working with someone with the experience of Cobb only helped um, in that aspect of it. So... I also feel like the Empire kind of damaged just by scheduling. Like, I, I almost wish Osprey would have been around a bit more for this tour because it just feels like the Empire itself kind of losing steam just because it went into World Tag League coming out of the hot angle. True, true, very true. That I mean, you need Osprey for that, you know, and, and, and he's kind of the, you know, he's the head, so you need the head there. And, um, you know, if they felt like there was something missing um, with them, because, 
you know, unless they had somebody else who was going to join, you know, they're going to have a reaction of, oh my gosh, they've got this guy who's coming on now too, who's going to be there every night to kind of be a part of it. It just, it felt missing. It felt like two guys instead of a faction. Gabriel Kidd, I'm telling you, Gabriel Kidd needs to join the Empire. That would be great. I I think you and I both have talked about that a while back, about how we think Gabriel Kidd should be a good part of that. Robbie Eagles, maybe, you know. I could get down with that. Osprey is the guy that brought him into New Japan. Exactly, exactly. So maybe that too. Maybe we have Eagles and Kidd, um, and they're working together. I mean, you know, having a group of guys there the whole time, I think it would be helpful. Absolutely. Let's talk about the first of our two chaos teams. Ten points, the team of Goto and Yoshihashi, defeating the teams of the Evil Pimps, G.O.D., Fale, and Owens, the Empire, as well as Hanares. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Yoshihashi, comeback wrestler of the year? Yeah. (laughs) I know, right? I mean, really? Really? Are we saying this in 20? But it's 2020. Jargo, it's 2020. There is that. It is 2020. There is that. And let's be honest. Um... I, I will have to say he has – I don't know if the time off, what it did for him. He put him in a good mental state or whatever. But god damn, he came back. And, I mean, I've kind of been impressed with him a little bit. You he's know, looked I mean, good. Yeah. I mean, I, I called him a bag of socks. But, I mean, he's kind of upgraded to that silk sock money, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just – I really – and because I've always complained, why don't they put um, – Ishii and Goto as a tag team, you know that that makes the most logical sense. But I'm gonna be, I was surprised with Goto and, and Yoshihashi working together. The things they did, you can see their chemistry. You can see how well they work together. Um, and it wasn't because Goto was doing it. Yoshihashi was putting in the work. And I mean, I don't know how you can sit here and continue to shit on him um, because he did the work. He did the work, and he made that team viable you know him both of them did it and as much as i hate to say it god damn yeah give him give him most improved wrestler of the year because i I don't know who else would be that would fit that mold on the other hand there's hiroki goto and i goto just seems i i don't know like i've never been a goto guy i i don't make Mm -hmm. any kind of secrets about that but especially since the restart like he just does not seem motivated at all. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like a you're seeing a portrait of two ships passing each other in the night. Goto's just kind of he's almost taking on that whatever persona, and Yoshihashi's kind of taking on that fiery "let's go forward" kind of thing. And it's really kind of uh, jarring to see that because you're used to the you know used to just Yoshihashi's there and Goto's the one the fiery one. Whereas now it's 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 different you know even i think even in the backstage stuff you know i'm seeing yoshihashi being more out front i'm seeing him being the voice him being the, and and goto's just kind of like, yeah you know that was you know it's a good match and you know you know we did a good job and then yoshihashi's coming in with the fire it's very jarring to see that but like again it's 2020 we've seen so many weird things so far why not yes that yoshihashi is the heart of that team and that he's the one pushing him forward which is something I thought I would never say in my entire life at all. You say that we've seen a lot of weird things in 2020, and there is nothing weirder in the world to me than Tomohiro Ishii and Toru Yano as a tag team. <laughs> Do these two guys even like one another? 
Like, I know they're in the same faction, but I mean, like, are there two more polar opposite personalities in New Japan Pro Wrestling than Ishii and Yano? I know, right? I mean, just, it's it's like, why? Why? Why is this a thing? You know, I mean, really? Uh, and I mean, it's like, uh, what is it? I can't, I can't remember which match it was where, um, you know, Yano goes for the thing, Ishii's trying to fight him off, and then... Uh, he hits one guy, and then Ishii goes for the other guy and throws him in, and like the guy is gonna Irish whip him into Yano, and then they reverse whip it, and yeah, it's a whole thing. But I'm like going, I can't see my Ishii doing like goofy shit like that. That's no. just so weird, you know. And it's just, and you know, I, I I have gone back and looked at some of the Yano stuff when he was like a badass, and I'm like, I kind of miss that. You know, I want that. I want to see that badass Yano. Um, we've seen flashes of it, but man, I really miss it. I, I don't, I don't like the Yano that we see. And then I don't like Ishii being with him. It just, it feels wrong. It feels wrong. I mean that because Ishii's, he's a badass. He walks in, he just does his thing. He throws people around and that's it. And then you got Yano doing his stupid shit on top of it. I just, I don't get it. But, hey, that's what they've done for the last few years. They've put these teams together like this with chaos, and that's how they run with it. And so I, I guess they think it works because they haven't changed it in the last two to three years you know, when it comes to these tag team things like that. So I don't know how to make it work. I, I don't know why they do it, but, you know, it is what it is. But it's fucking Yano. That's all I can say. Fucking Yano. I was also very disappointed because typically one of my favorite things throughout the year is when I get to see in World Tag League when G.O.D. comes up against Yano, regardless of who his partner may be. Because there's this long-running story of that Yano was afraid of Tongans. <laughs> and I didn't even get that this year. Like, yeah. it, it just felt like a regular match. Yeah. I, I, I miss Yano being afraid of the Tongans. Yeah, I agree. I, wanted, I was wanting some of that, and it was just a match. Maybe that was the match where he, was, he pulled off the thing and... You know, Thomas. I think maybe that's what it was, but I don't know. I like I miss that. You know, kind of. You know, some of the story. Like that was the thing. Once again, World Tag League. We're missing some of the depth of the story that has been there. Um, you know, because it was almost like we're just putting on the matches. We're getting through this night so we can get to best of Super Juniors. That's what sometimes it felt like. Um, it's got to be because Tama Tonga shaved and cut his hair. Like oh now, yeah! Now, now Yano is not afraid of him anymore. Yeah, he's he, he's looking like a total baby face now, literally baby face heel, Tamatanga. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Lij representation. Sonata and Shingo finish with ten points. Wins against Ishii and Yano, the Dangerous Techers, Goto Yoshihashi, Fale, Owens, and Hanar Ace. Shingo making his case once again for MVP and mm-hmm. possibly my favorite match of the tournament. Dangerous Techers versus Sonata and Shingo. Sonata and Shingo getting the win. If this wasn't so close to Wrestle Kingdom, I would say clearly I want to see the titles defended there. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. But, you know, at the same time, we are close to to Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, But could we maybe see a quick title defense somewhere in there? I mean, it's, it's possible. It's possible. But once again, these road two shows or the finals or whatever, they're not they're not going to do it on the, those things because Wrestle Kingdom's your money. You know what I mean? I can't see how you can take the the titles off um, Dangerous Techers right now. Oh, they, you they, can't. They, 
Yeah, I mean, they've been just so they've carried the tag division this whole year and done an incredible job. Um, I, I agree with you that match is probably the best one of Shingo and Sonata versus the Dangerous Techers. It was an incredible match. I think best one of the tournament. If if I'm going to go as bold to say that, my favorite one for World Tag League. But you know, as much as I want to see that match, I think it's something that we're going to have to wait for if they're going to actually do it. You know, because um, you can't pull the tag. I don't want to waste it. Going to a road two show or to the finals or anything like that, I'd rather see them do it where they maybe would contend and have a possible chance of winning. You know, that's really what I would want to see. We talk about the dangerous techers carrying the tag team division this year. For the last couple of years, it's been a combination of either G.O.D. or Evil and Sonata. Sonata, clear, he was a G1 finalist this year. They were trying to give him a bit of a push as a singles guy. And I, it seems like everybody I talked to, it really just didn't work. It, it just mm-hmm. was it was not working. Can we just acknowledge that Sonata's like a great tag team wrestler now? I mean, because I love this team of Shingo and Sonata. Obviously, Evil and Sonata will go down as one of the great teams of this era. Maybe Sonata's just better off as a tag team guy. I think so. I mean, I, I I see more from him when he does tag team than when he does singles. When he so. is a singles wrestler, I, I don't I don't connect with him. I don't see anything. But when I see him wrestle in a tag team, boy, he, he seems like almost a different character uh, and a different person. You know, I really like them pairing Shingo with him this year. I think Shingo has such drive and passion that counteracts his quote-unquote cold skull emotionless aspect that it really makes for a compelling team and you know their their styles are you know the way they wrestle i think it just complements each other so i'm really liking the team and i'm just saying keep that you know let every now and then let shingo do the open weight you know title defense but man let's make this a permanent thing let's make shingo and sonata a tag team in permanence from this point forward for LIJ. You know, let them hold the title. I think they would be great title holders, you know, as a team. I think they would look good with the titles. They'd be great defenders. They would have some great matches with people. Um, you know, they were one of the teams that I felt did a great job with everyone they were in the mat, in the ring with um, in this tournament. You know, I, I would say the Dangerous Techers would be one. Uh, Shingo Sonata would be another. And um, those were probably my two, you know, ones that were like, they made everybody look really good, and I really enjoyed it. And I want to see them as champs now that I've seen them in the tournament. So. Yep, I'm with you. I, I I absolutely love that team, and especially with Shingo's style. If he can get into a tag team for you know three four months, mm-hmm. do a run that way, and then go off and have his crazy G one, and then go back into the tag team for a while, I'm totally fine with that being Shingo's role. Exactly. Let's talk about the champs, the Dangerous Techers. They finished with 12 points, losses to Shingo and Sonata, Finn Juice, and G.O.D., thus finding themselves on the outside looking in. And I can't believe, again, I'm going to say this, but the rise of Taichi in 2020 is absolutely one of the headlines of New Japan Pro Wrestling this this year. I, I just... 2020 strikes again. The rise of Tai Chi. I can't believe I'm saying it, but this guy has, he solidified himself like intercontinental title level over the course yeah. of 2020. Yeah, I would say upper, upper mid level, you know, I mean, inter- intercontinental, I would say he could be one of those guys that challenges for the, the heavyweight title. Well, let's not get carried away here. Now, well, let's I mean, not get carried uh, away. 
no, no, I'm not ready to go that far yet. But I mean, I mean, let's let's be honest. He I, one day. I'm not saying to, I'm not saying at Wrestle Kingdom. I'm not saying this way. I'm saying eventually I can see him where he's one of those guys that challenges, but you know, not necessarily wins, but you know, he can make it a viable contest for the for the for the person to uh, who holds the title. So, uh, but yeah, Tai Chi. But I think I think the thing that makes it is him and Zach together. Their chemistry together yeah. is really is is what kind of you know Tai Chi was great, and you know there were some things about him that I didn't like, but this year he kind of did it. But it was really him and Zach together. Their personalities meshing together, and of course, who doesn't like petulant Zach? You know, I mean, he's you know whiny baby Zach is always fun, and then. Having that with Despy and just having their riffs in the backstage where they would riff off of each other and, and the things, even though so maybe they don't know what they're talking about to each other sometimes, but it almost seemed like they did. Um, it was just really great and funny, you know? I loved it. And so I, I really, I mean, if nothing else, not only because of the work they put on in the ring, but it was the outside of the ring stuff, I think, that really also made me really enjoy them as a team and really enjoy... Um, you know, Tai Chi even more than I have before. Um, so I, I got to tip my hats to both of these guys. And the matches they put on were just incredible. I, I really dug all the matches they were a part of. Let's talk about G.O.D. finally making their return. They finished with 12 points. They once again will be going to the finals. Their losses in the tournament to Finjuice, Ishii and Yano, and Goto and Yoshihashi. That one, I, I just, I don't understand that one. Goto and Yoshihashi, come on, G.O.D., yeah. get your shit together. But yeah. they do make it to the finals with 12 points. John, what do you think of the return of the Gorillas of Destiny? Well, I think that this is what we expected, to be honest with you. They've been on the shelf for a while. They've been sitting. They've been chomping, ready to go. I mean, I don't know. Uh, from everything I hear from Tomatonio's podcast, he's been just chomping the bit, ready to go for a while. I think this is what we expected, to be honest with you. If if this, if they didn't get to this point, it would have been a disappointing World Tag League. You know, this is what I was expecting. The two badasses coming in, going, hey, this is still our house. Just because you got some new connections here, some new teams coming in, this is still our house. You still have to go through us. We want the titles that we deserve. I mean, and they just walked with that. And they walked with that BDE right in there and just said, this is our place. You know, we're going to come back for those belts. We're going to win this tournament. We're going to get our belts. And we're going to be the highlight of Wrestle Kingdom. And that's just kind of the energy they had. And I think just... Once again, the time off really helped them. They seemed to move well. Their matches were good. They, you know, they came in with that same style that they do that's just intriguing and compelling. I, I man, really, G.O.D., they, well, one, like I said, they were, they were just, they were on top. They were clicking. Everything worked. And I think anything less than what they've done so far would have been a disappointment. And their opponents in the final will be the defending World Tag League champions, Finjuice. Yep, they did it again. They did it again. Finley and Juice Robinson making it to the finals. Their losses to the Evil Pimps, Fale and Owens, as well as the Empire. But after winning their final matchup, G.O.D. reminded them, we're going to beat your ass. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what's going down. That's what's going to happen at the final. 
John, what do you, it's time, right? The, the gorillas have done everything there is to do in New Japan Pro Wrestling except win World Tag League. Now is the time, right? To, this has got to be the time. I mean, they're coming back. This is their World Tag League to lose. And there's no, I, I, and I'll be honest with you, something about Finn Juice this tournament I couldn't connect with. It's you know, juice, I, isn't and it? And it's juice. I mean, it's juice. You know, just something about him. I like Finley. I've really grown to like Finley. Um, but, God, there was something about juice that I, I just like. He's almost off-putting. And I can't see in all good consciousness how Gato could go, well, we're not going to – we're going to let Finn Juice go over. You know, G.O.D. has done everything they can. Winning World Tag League, I think, is the icing on the cake. It needs to be done. This is their year. They've proved it. I think their match quality, the way they've done outside the ring has been great. This is the time of year. You get that. And who doesn't want to see G.O.D. versus Dangerous Techers in Wrestle Kingdom at the Tokyo Dome? That is the biggest tag team marquee you could do. Not Finn Juice. Finn Juice is, I mean, it's it feels second or third tier if you put them with Dangerous Techers. I can't see them doing that really to be honest with you but for one reason or another god cannot seem to beat finn juice finn juice not two and oh against god or is it three and oh now against god apparently in japan but remember because god did beat him in america for the tag titles oh yeah there is that that's right that's right that's that's a very very valid point yeah now's the time man god dangerous techers in the dome Let's do it. I think that would be fucking incredible. Money. That's money right there. You're leaving money on the table if you don't do it. All right. Let's take a break. We'll talk about Best of Super Juniors. Cool. Ho, ho, happy, Hameen holidays. As 2020 winds down with over 2.2 million downloads, the Hameen army marches into 2021 with sights set on 3 million downloads and beyond. We'd like to thank you, the listeners and sponsors, for following and supporting us on all of Hameen Media Group affiliate channels as we continue to provide the very best variety of entertainment anywhere. Pro wrestling, movie reviews, TV show reviews, news, sports, conspiracy, and satire. We have everything for your listening or viewing pleasure. Add Hami Media to all your favorite audio and video platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, iHeart, Twitch, and YouTube are just some of the many ways you can get your fill of all of the HMG content. And speaking of getting your fill, if you're cooking this holiday season, there's only one olive oil to use in all your delicious delectable dishes, Zordos Artisan Greek Ultra Premium Olive Oil. This olive oil is not only the perfect ingredient for your festive feast, but Zordos Olive Oil makes the perfect gift for any foodie or fan of fantastic food. Head over to Zordos oliveoil.com and taste what the term ultra premium means now after a good meal or to kickstart your morning what's better than a cup of bro bro the coffee brosters russo's brand coffee is better than your average cup of joe bro when checking out at the use the promo code bro 5lb for a special price on a five pound bag of russo's brand coffee this deal is too good to pass up on bro did somebody say deal? Well, Stevie Richards and ForceUSA.com have a deal for you. Are you looking to build a better you? How about the best custom home gym you can imagine? ForceUSA delivers sturdy, 
Innovative and versatile strength training equipment for home gyms and training studios alike. Enter promo code Stevie5 for a special 0% financing offer at checkout. Also check out StevieRichardsFitness.com for a fantastic affordable resistance band training program and yoga program choose from the 12 and 16 week program as well as a dynamic yoga program that will get you ready to burn off those calories after those huge holiday meals if you're interested in a band new you for 2021 and years to come stevie kick start your health with stevie richards fitness.com prowrestlingtees.com celebrate all of the homie media personalities and independent pro wrestling stars by giving the gift of or grabbing up for yourself the coolest merch any wrestling fan desires again head over to prowrestlingtees.com and support indie wrestling today hey infidels do you want to become a Hami Media Group operative? Then follow us at Hami Media Group on Twitter and request a link to our private Discord channel. You can also find us on Facebook at Hami Media Discussion Group and interact with all of the HMG personalities as well as joining in on the fun discussions, watch-along events, and games. You can also follow us on Instagram to like, comment, and participate on all of the HMG and Conspiracy Horseman propaganda. Once again, thank you to all of the subscribers, followers, sponsors, guests, producers, and host of Hami Media as we march to 3 million downloads. All of this is possible because of you. <laughs> Widow 7 from Des Moines, Iowa. Shout out to my friend Seth, his new band. Fucking killer. Let's talk about Best of Super Juniors. Yeah, because this has been a hell of a lot of fun. John, I'm looking forward to this. I mean, yeah, Best of Super Juniors, it's my favorite tournament all year. I mean, the G1 is great, but man, Best of Super Juniors, there's, there's just something about it. It's special. It really is. And I think this year, the... I th- and the thing that I think was amazing was this year we put them with World Tag League. And boy, the nights that Best of Super Juniors was on, I was so engaged with it compared to World Tag League. There was not a match I didn't want to watch. There was the characters were all in- intriguing and compelling. I, I-, I really, you know, I- and I feel like there was. Let's be honest: the Robbie Eagles versus Hiromi match has got to be match of the year contender. It's got to be in there. I don't see how you can't. It was such a great match. Um, there was just so much more going on 
in that best of super juniors tournament that I really gravitated and collected and connected with that. I, I just, boy, I don't know how you can, if you look at the two and go, I like the world tag league better because there was so many better stories, better storytelling, so much more compelling things going on. So many different styles that were going on in the ring. Um, I think that's the biggest difference. World tag league, you had big boys going after each other and, and very, little variance in style whereas this you had you know muscle man show and then you had high flyer robbie eagles you know i mean you had just different things going on at the same time different matches and then everything in between so you know really such a great tournament so much fun to watch um and i I really enjoyed it a lot there was one guy who did not belong and that's because he was filling in for yoshinobu (laughs) kanamaru uh i'm sorry there, I'm going to need Uemura to step on a scale because there is no way that guy is a junior heavyweight. No yeah. way. Yeah. I mean, this is as bad as Shingo a couple years ago. Like, there, there's no way. Yeah, yeah. No, there's no way he was he was a junior. But I get it. They needed somebody to step in. They felt he was the most ready. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. He was impressive. You know, he got to go 15 minutes in his last match. That tells me that the the office thought, well, he's got a little something. You know, you don't let a young line go 15 minutes in a match. And so I, I can't complain about it because, you know, once again, everybody thought, oh, well, this will be the match. I'll go take a piss break or do whatever or not worry about it. His matches weren't bad at all for a young line. And I was impressed. I mean, I agree with you. There ain't no way he's a junior at all. You know, if he's a junior, I'm a fucking junior. So, uh, <laughs> you know, and there's no way I'm a junior. So, you know, it's a, uh, you know, but I, I really liked it. I thought it was a good time and I thought he would, he did a great job with it uh, for having to fill in that last minute. Really. Uemura, not the first young lion to take part in the best of super juniors, but it is rather customary that after a young lion participates in best of super juniors, their next stop is excursion how is this going to work? Like, what well, is excursion even an option right now? I mean, I would only think the only thing he could do would be get shipped to the new Japan Jojo dojo in America, or they do like they did in the old days where they would, he would go to a different company in Japan, which uh, I don't see that happening. Um, but you know, that's how the old school way was that you'd go to different companies in Japan and then, uh, come back. Um, so really, your options are, I think, ship them to the United States to the New Japan JoJo, where you have control over them that way, um, or that's about it. Or, or you just hang on to them. You know, I mean, I guess you could say Gabriel Kidd has been on his excursion because he's in New Japan. He stayed in Japan because he was an American dojo guy. So um, I guess that's the question: is how do you figure that out? And I mean. Unfortunately, I think he, they're going to have to sit on him until this whole pandemic thing gets gets uh, resolved. Um, you know, with with this supposed vaccine coming, which I'm not even going to get on that because that's just that's that's for the conspiracy horsemen. It's not for me. So, yeah, the, I'm with you. The vaccine's not for me either. Yeah. But let's talk about Doki. Doki finishes with four points, wins against Bushi and Uamura. Uh, Doki. I mean, he's the pin eater guy. I mean, the real yeah. question was, is he going to get a win outside of Uemura? But I, I thought Doki looked really good in this tournament. Yeah, I think really he showed 
um, he's worth keeping around. You know, I, he showed that he has talent, he has skill. Um, God, he's a hard worker. You know, really, you know, just showed that, hey. Yeah, even when it's not good, he's still working his ass off. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, I, 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 he doesn't have the talent Hiromu does. He does. He's not on that upper level, but he showed that he's going to work, he's going to do his job, and he's going to put in to make things look believable, look real, and make it enjoyable. I can't I can't fault the guy. I think I think the best of the super juniors you have to throw out the points and you have to look at the care at the people. Because yeah, he only got four points, which we knew that was probably gonna be the case, but you have to look at the performances of it. And I think that's where this makes a big difference. Cause even the guys who had zero to four points, they were putting in work and doing a great job with it. And so that's what made it worth watching, really, in the long run. Then we get a bit into a round robin of eight points here, starting with Taguchi. And the biggest story throughout this tournament for Taguchi was his ass kept getting exposed. I mean, yeah, that that's the funky weapon for you. But, you know, yeah. at a certain point, it actually seemed like Taguchi was pissed. Like, that, yeah. that his ass kept getting exposed, and he's, like, snapping at red shoes and I'm wondering, hey, wait a minute, is something going on with Taguchi here? Like, are, are, are we turning Taguchi heel? Well, a heel or maybe just getting super pissed. And I mean, or I more think serious, I, just more serious yeah, more to serious. Gooch. Yeah, yeah, more serious to Gooch. And like, you know, I think we saw that really the culmination of that in the Hiromu match. You know, about halfway through the match, we see him just kind of flip a switch and get like, all right, I'm done with this little shit. I'm ready to, I mean, you know, I've, you know, I'm the old man in this group, but yet this is my division. I was here. I helped build it. This is, you know, I was the 69th IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, by God. I'm going to show you what I can do. And I think from that point forward, we just see him being a more serious to Gooch, not the, you know, funky weapon, you know, doing my taking an atomic drop and you know, all this kind of stuff. It, it was It was an interesting change of pace. I feel like that character, the funky weapon character, has kind of run its course, and maybe this is the uh, a, a turn to kind of start repackaging him and making him that serious wrestler that he probably could have always been, and we maybe get a, a little bit longer run out of him for that with this repackaging of, hey, I'm not the funky weapon anymore. I'm just here to funk you up. You know, I'm just going to mess you up. You know, because I can. I, I'm a champion. Well, and Treat I'm down with it because we're missing that yeah. spot. You know, like with, with with Liger's retirement, with Tiger Mask Spout, with diverticulitis, like we're missing that grumpy old guy. You know, yeah. yeah and I think I feel like that's kind of the story they were telling as he's turning into that. And I'm here for it. I, I I've always liked Taguchi, uh, but I think I like I, I feel like his character's been stale for for a fairly long time. He probably should have turned his character maybe a year or two ago. And I like that maybe, hopefully, this is what they're intending to do is bring him into this new type character that is not as funny, not as, you know, goofy, but I'm here to kick ass and take names. That's what I want to do. If New Japan Pro Wrestling was NXT, at the end of Best of Super Juniors, the crowd would have been standing and saying, please sign Robbie. Please sign Mm -hmm. Robbie. Robbie Eagles finishes with eight points and possibly the best tournament out of everybody in the field. Uh, wins against Sho Taguchi, Uemura, and Doki. But boy, his losses were freaking spectacular, too. Robbie Eagles, just a standout in this tournament. 
please sign Robbie. Yes. I mean, he deserves more than a spot, you know, here or there. I mean, these past three weeks, he put in work. So good. He was so good. He made everybody look great in that ring. He did some incredible things. Like I said, my match of the year, him and Hiromu was just, you know, it's got to be match of the year contender. Yeah, it was was fantastic. It was was clearly the match of the tournament. Oh, yeah. Easily the match of the tournament. Could be match of the year. Put it up there, and I would say let's argue about it with some of the other matches in in New Japan to see what we got. But, you know, he's such a good dude. Such a good you know, performer. I was so impressed with him. I've, we've seen him before, but we get you just these small snippets of him. And man, this was worth watching, watching him go. Yeah, he is fantastic. Uh, by comparison, Master Wado. Master Wado finishes the tournament with eight points, wins against Robbie Eagles, El Desperado, Uamura, and Doki. And all I can say about Master Wado's tournament sell all stock if yeah. you if you had stock in master Watto, get out of it now because the, this thing's over yeah now i will say that he was terrible he had some clear botches that were just so obvious um but i will say towards the end he got a little bit better but he was easily the weakest of the tournament he was so weaker far. than uamura yeah, he really was. He really was. And, that, and then that's why I'm saying the points don't justify the person as where they're ranking as far as that goes. Because let's be honest, if, if that were the case, I would say Watto should have gotten zero points. You know, I, he just looked out of it. He just, you know, yeah. I, when, when I look at these tournaments, sometimes I feel like I can look at how the matches are laid out because they give you the entire schedule at the beginning and you can say, this is who's going to be in it at the end. And I had Watto in the finals because everything seemed like return from excursion. We're going to push the shit out of this kid. And throughout the tournament, he just kind of fell apart. And Mm. I wonder if some of these matches, if Gato didn't just plain change the booking, and that's why there's this huge congestion of people at eight points, because Watto's just it didn't work. It is yeah. not working at all. Yeah, and that I honestly I don't see how they could have I don't see how they could have done that because everything up to this point hadn't been that good to begin with, you know, with with uh, Watto, and so. I can't I can't call him master because you know he was far from looking like a master at all. But I, that's where I struggle with it is because you know that they've seen something in him, but everything up to this point didn't justify him getting eight points. You know I I just I can't sit there and go yes this was at least you know he he got eight points and he deserved those eight points. I don't feel he deserved the eight points he got. You know mm-hmm. I just feel like they were like. All right, well, we're going to give it soon. All right, we got we got to do something different. We can't keep going what we're doing because I, I agree with you. That's why all of a sudden we've got all these eight-pointers kind of in the logjam is because he couldn't hold up to his end of the bargain. You know, you got poor Tenzon trying to help him and get him get him that Tenzon rub, and it just wasn't happening. Because these, these next two guys both beat Wado. We're going to talk about Bushi and Sho. Both beat Wado. And I could easily see in the original plan where Wado would have won both of those matches 
that would push him right into that contendership, you know, right around that 14 points. Right. I, I, I don't, I don't see how he could have beaten show to be honest with you. Show put on a really good tournament. I can see Bushi, Bushi, you know, also kind of a pin eater. I'm surprised Bushi got as high as he did, but also I think that's a recognition for Bushi and all the hard work he does um, with taking the pins and doing the matches and everything that he does. I think that's just kind of a tip of the hat to you. Hey, you've been in this, juniors you know for a long time you've been a part of it you've been doing a great job let's get you eight points kind of thing uh a little tip of the cap to him but i don't see how Wado could have beaten show show just i think another one had a great tournament put on some great matches and when you look at those two uh, it's night and day it really is and so i think Wado's done um, I don't see how you can salvage him. I don't, you know, first of all, you got the gear that looks goofy, you know, with the co- goofy color hair. I, I just, I don't see how you can salvage him from, especially from putting him in a tournament like this and he did not perform nearly to the level that everybody else did. I mean. I, I think the only thing that could save Watto at this point is you have him turn on Tenzon, just beat the ever-loving shit out of him, Join Lij and Bushi and Wado become junior tag champions. I feel yeah. like that is the ceiling for Master Wado at this point. No, yeah, no, that sounds like. I mean, that's that's. I agree. That's maybe the way you salvage him. I don't know. That's probably the best thing you can do, other than you know just put him on the shelf. Bushi finishes with eight points. Wins against Robbie Eagles, Taguchi, Uamura, and Wado. I thought Bushi had a really, really good tournament. I was happy to see him get eight points. I I, I feel so bad for Bushi because I like Bushi. I, I like Bushi a lot. And but he's just kind of middle of the road when it comes to that this junior division. I mean, all the guys that we're gonna about to talk about are all clearly better than Bushi. Yeah. Yeah. And I I mean honestly, I felt the that Robbie Eagles is better than Bushi in this tournament. Um, I think he's already surpassed him, to be honest with you, um, at least from this tournament, from what we've seen for these last three weeks. Um, but I think, once again, I think it goes back to, you know, the office saying, hey, you've been a part of this for a long time. We're going to make you, you know, we're going to give you some love here. Here's eight points. You're going to beat these guys, and you'll be right there, you know. And so <clears throat> I, I've never – you know, once again, it goes back to every time I see Bushi, it's usually multi-man tags or something along those lines. He's never really highlighted in the juniors. You know, they, you know, and and when he is, it's oh, he's going to take the pin. You know, and that's just kind of what he's become. And he, but he's a good soldier. He does it. He, I mean, obviously, he doesn't complain because he's there all the time. He's always a part of something big, and he's willing to do that. So I, I can't say that, you know. He's, you know, someone that I'm disappointed in because I think he's slotted exactly where he's at. But at the same time, it's it's one of those things of he's middle of the road. You know, he's he's just there. And and I I can't connect with him as a character. I I really don't. And so, you know, it I I did fast forward his matches. I watched him a lot more and I was more impressed than I have been. But I felt like. I feel like they took the reins off him a little bit on this tournament, too. They let him kind of be a little bit more of who he is. And I kind of want to see more of that. And I hope they either put him with the tag team or they let him get more of a singles run with what he had put on in this tournament to show what he can really do. Yeah. Show finishes with 12 points. Wins against Hiromu, Taguchi, Bushi, Uomura, Doki, and Wado. 
it's a, it's a matter of time for show. I, mm-hmm. This kid's going to be a freaking star. Yeah. I, there, there's absolutely no question about it. He's one of the brightest stars in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, I agree. I, the the one thing I did have a little trouble with is, you know, he did so well in the G1, and then it felt like, yes, he got 12 points, but, man, I felt like he should have been more. I should have uh, you know, been a little bit stronger in contention because of how well he did in the G1. But that's okay. I'm good with it. You know, I'm interested to see where they go with him, especially because he's proven that he's a single star. I mean, the matches he put on, the work he put in, every of his matches was great. He made everybody look good. He, I mean, that dude looks like a champion. He really does. And I'm just interested to see where they go from here with him. You know, um, and and I look forward to seeing what his future is. You know, so but I understand why they couldn't let him go because they already had a plan in place with other people um, and where they wanted to go with it. But I was glad he was in this tournament because man, it's like he raised the level of everyone when he was in a, in the ring with, and uh, God, he was, he was good. And he had a different style, you know, more of that strongman style, which was, you know, I think that's why Shingo was in it a couple years ago and it really made a difference and kind of broke everything up instead of all the flippy shit and having show in there doing a lot of that, I think really, highlighted him as a character and highlighted him as as a wrestler you know and showed how good he really is if we can find a pill that will make you grow like three to four inches <laughs> show will be a future iwgp world heavyweight champion yeah yeah i mean, I mean he, I, he is so good but he is just so he's so short yeah he really is i mean he looks he looks like a mini tanahashi yeah you know, really you know really and i mean i just i i would you know, I just I, I wonder if his height is really going to hold him back when he gets in there with the likes of, you know, like an Okada on a regular right. basis. Right. Well, I mean, let's be honest, though. Tanahashi's not big. No, that's I true. Mean, you know, he's my height. I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen the pictures I took of when I was when he was here at G1. I got to stand next to him and Liger and Liger is shorter than me. And I was about the same height as Tanahashi, if not just maybe a touch shorter. So and I'm five nine. So it's not like Tanahashi was is was massive but there is a big difference when you look at show compared to tanahashi um and so i show think it's is a, five eight five eight really he looks way smaller well he's listed at five eight i'm gonna guess yeah. he's closer to five six yeah yeah you know those boots probably give a good extra two inches to it or whatever and you know same with tanahashi like i think they have him listed i don't know what they have him listed at but you know the pictures i've got of him i'm almost standing you know with him a little bit if not he's just a touch taller you know and i'm five nine and and so it's i think it's about the presentation how you do it but tanahashi's five eleven, according to what they have okay i could see that he was yeah i think he was just a touch taller than me not much so you know uh, but boy that's a big difference you know five eight versus five eleven you know yeah. and and i mean and that's not i said three four inches that's that's yeah. all we need yeah, we just need that, and you make him that that Tanahashi level guy. But I think I think I look forward to seeing where he's going because, you know, he could be a great junior. He could be a great in between with a never. I mean, he could do a lot of stuff. Um, I could, you know, if they really wanted to, they could put the Intercontinental on him. 
You know, I think that wouldn't be a terrible thing. I just don't think him he, he'll ever be a heavyweight uh, champion because of his height, like you say. It's just it's a big difference um, when you look at that. So next up, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Taiji Ishimori with 14 points. His losses to Hiromu and El Desperado, thus finding him on the outside looking in. But you, know, I, I thought the most interesting thing that happened throughout this entire tournament was the Hiromu story with Taisha Ishimori. That Ishimori feels slighted, that Hiromu is still the face of the division, even though he's defeated him and taken away the championship. And Ishimori feels like he should be on all the magazine covers. He should be the guy getting all the interviews, not Hiromu. Hell, I beat Hiromu. I thought that was the best story. Ishimori with a chip on his shoulder, trying to be a defending champion, going through best of super juniors. I thought it was absolutely wonderful only to see him fall short and probably face off with Hiromu in the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. And I mean, it was a, it was a good story and I find it very interesting that his two losses were the two people that are in the finals, you know? And I mean, that was, I think good Smart story way to protect the champ. Yeah, it really was really was. And you know, I mean, I, I, can you argue with him though? I mean, the dude looks like a Greek God. The dude is cut. He, he looks like ripped. he was in a boy band. Oh yeah. wait, he was. Oh, that's right, he was. I Dude, that, I love, I love every time we get Taguchi versus Ishimori, and and Taguchi starts dancing. Yeah, that shit cracks me up every fucking time. That's one of my favorite matchups. It's like Omega and Yano, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's so good. But yeah, that I mean, that's the thing though. Ishimori carried himself as a champion. He looked like a champion. He performed like a champion. And I think you know, such a good tournament. And they, you know. Obviously, you didn't want to do the let's have the champion run through and have to pick his opponent. We've already kind of done that. But they protected him in a good way. You know, his losses were good losses. They weren't like, you know, he got whooped. It was just good storytelling all the way around. And I don't blame him for having that chip on his shoulder. He's like, look, I'm the man. Look at me. Not only do I look good, but I beat the man. So I'm the man. Y'all should be talking to me. And who doesn't love a champion with a chip on their shoulder? You know, and that ego building, and maybe that costs him the title at the Tokyo Dome. You know, I don't know. But uh, I thought that such good storytelling. But I think part of it, too, was his his work and his his storytelling outside the ring, which really just made that. You know, you could have that story, but it takes the performer to perform it, and he did a great job with that. So your two finalists, Hiromu Takahashi and El Desperado, both finishing with 14 points. Hiromu's losses to Sho and El Desperado. Desperado's losses coming to Taguchi and Bushi. Poor Desperado. He actually could have ran this damn thing. Um, this is going to be a rematch of the main event from night one in which Desperado tapped out Hiromu after just bludgeoning his knee with a couple of chairs and then the, the, the steam muffler. Um, I'm looking forward to this match. I think Desperado has arguably been the MVP of the entire tournament. Hiromu clearly the biggest star in the junior division. But as, as much as I want to see Desperado win this match and get that moment against Ishimori in the Tokyo Dome, not happening, bro. This is going to be Hiromu going on to the Tokyo Dome to reclaim Mr. Belto. Exactly, because, I mean, really, Ishimori, let's be honest, he's kind of a heel. 
And then so is Desperado. You're not going to have a heel heel in, in the Tokyo Dome. You've got Hiromu who went through this tournament. He's fighting to get back to where he wants to be as a champion. We're just, we see that story. He wants that championship back. He needs it. And and so, of course, you want that Ishimori uh, Hiromu matchup in the Tokyo Dome. That's where your money is, right there. Um, you know, but Desperado, I agree with you 100%. MVP of this tournament, hands down. There is no question whatsoever. He was the, the, the straw that stirred the drink. He made everything happen. Everything in his matches were great. Everything that he did was just told great stories. I, I God, it was so good. He was so good in this tournament. I really enjoyed it. But I, I enjoyed Hiromu too. I mean, there's so many matches where I'm looking at that I enjoyed, and Hiromu's in a lot of them. You know, and you know, you can't tell me that those two dudes did not did not just carry this tournament and make things happen for everybody. You know. Well, and Hiromu in particular, when you look at his match times, 26 minutes, 24.53, 20, 25.30, 23.42, and then he does have a couple right around that 11-minute mark and another one pushing 17. Hiromu filled so many main events on this card. Yeah, he really did. And, I mean, just watching him put in that work, you know, it was impressive. You know, you can't tell me that guy does not have incredible cardio and stamina to be able to do those kind of things. It's, you know, night after night after night to put on those matches. He was impressive. He was incredibly impressive. I, I look forward to the finals for this. It's going to be a great match. You've got them both coming at it. And with, with, with Despi tapping Hiromu out night one, Despi's not going to be hurt in a loss to Hiromu in the final. Exactly. Yeah, he, 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 he's already got that, well, I beat you in the tournament. If he wins the belt, he could come back and say, well, I beat you in the tournament, so let's let's have a match, you know, kind of thing. So uh, I think Desperado, really, honestly, Desperado came out looking like a million bucks from this tournament. He really did. You know, I think losing Kinamaru, I kind of, I think maybe almost elevated him in a way to show, hey, let me show you what I really got. You know, I'm not just a tag team guy. I know how to make these things work, and he did. You know, it was almost like losing Kinaramu made him a better person and a better wrestler for what he needed to do for this tournament. Um, I could see where, you know, first couple of nights, Gato's like, okay, there's something disciplined about you, Despi. We're going to let you run with this. And that's where we got, you know, some of the stuff that we see. You know, I don't, I, listen, if, if Kinamaru and, and Despi were both in the tournament, would Despi have raised his gavel? I don't know. Would they have let them do what they needed to do? I don't know. And I felt like this was a more compelling tournament for that because of, you know, who really thought Despi would come out of left field and be in the finals with Hiromu? I, I, I didn't see it. And But the work that he put in to get there was just incredible. So um, I think I've just gushed about these two guys enough, so just shut me up and let's move forward. You're good, man. That's it. About an hour and 15 minutes, and we went through two entire New Japan tournaments, ladies and gentlemen, because we are goddamn professionals. Yes, we are. We wasted two weeks of our lives so that you could listen to an hour's worth of audio. John, thank you so much, as always, for joining me. I love doing these review shows with you because 
well, we can pace them out and we can get two tournaments done in an hour and 15 <laughs> minutes, you know? So uh, why don't you uh, go ahead and plug your, uh, you know, shitty Star Trek stuff that doesn't have Baby Yoda and Grogu and the Mandalorian and Boba Fett and all the other cool shit that goes on in a galaxy far, far away. Why don't you go ahead and plug your stuff and we'll let you get out of here. You mean the new hotness just for a moment that Star Trek, <laughs> Star Wars is just now doing with TV. They've had these franchises for 30 years and they're just now starting to figure it out. And it took John Favreau and Dave Filoni to do it. They couldn't and, get and props them to around. Robert Rodriguez, man, because yes. that last episode was the shit. It was. It was really good. And I think the funniest thing is watching people cry about the Razor Crest more than anything else. You know, being... <laughs> Spoilers, if you haven't seen it. Uh, but yeah, no, but yeah, no. So, uh, Demetrius Zordos, Triple D and I, we have a Star Trek podcast called the Academy. Uh, it's on the Hameen media group. We record every two weeks. We, our new episode will be dropping this week. Um, and we will, we have, we're talking a lot about discovery season three. Um, uh, two weeks ago we had the murder Hawk Lance Archer on, um, which was a fun time talking to him about Star Trek. Um, so if anybody wants to talk shit about Star Trek, you get to talk to the Murderhawk monster. Um, hey, wait, that nobody dies in Star Trek. Oh, nobody yeah, dies. I, I thought I thought Lance's thing was everybody dies. Everybody, uh, red shirts die. They're not like the <laughs> shitty stormtroopers <laughs> that can't hit shit. Yeah. There is that. There is yeah. that. It's so, nice to see know. that they kept that consistency throughout the TV series. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, so that that was a lot of fun talking to Lance about that, and we helped plug his AEW stuff. But then, uh, so if you want to hit us up, we're on Twitter. Uh, you can find us, uh, Academy HMG on Twitter. Uh, on, on Facebook, you type in The Academy Podcast with Triple D and JDE. And then also we're on Discord on the Hami Media Group. Uh, where you, we have our own little section where you can hit us up on Discord for any questions. And also you can email us, academyhng at yahoo.com, if you have any Star Trek questions, um, favorite ships, or things along those lines, or topics you want us to discuss after Discovery season has finished, um, which I think we've got four or five more episodes left of Discovery season three. Um, and then Picard is going to be coming and the new Star Trek series, this new Enterprise series will be coming and we'll be talking about all those things as well. So. Are you done? I am for now. Until the next time. Hey, you know what, man? Happy holidays because I probably won't talk to you again before Christmas. Yeah. So, you know, Merry Happy. Christmas and all that. Merry Christmas and all that to you, too. I hope you don't have to listen to Christmas music because I don't want to listen to Christmas music. And uh, I hope you have a good holidays. Um, mine will be interesting for sure this year. So uh, it'll be good, though. My, my favorite Christmas song is Teddy the Red-Nosed Senator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I like that. That's good. That's good. So that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast. Thanks for listening, and if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Then toss us one of those five-star reviews. Help us out in the algos. Destino is brought to you by our friends over at the HTM Podcast Network, Comine Media Group, PW Hustle Network, as well as NDPW.com. Find the show online at DestinoPod.com and across all social media at DestinoPod. Very special thanks to Mr. John Enright for joining me this week. 
And it's that time, ladies and gaijin. It's my favorite holiday of the year. Yes, Wrestle Kingdom right around the corner. Time to jump on the road to the Tokyo Dome. I'll be back in your ear holes next week to discuss the final and see just where we're at heading towards the Egg Dome. Until then, find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, be it Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, or iHeartRadio. Enjoy the final. We'll talk to you next time here on Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast. Adios. Do you know who the hell you're talking to? Please, Monfuck. Fuck.